Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Play action. Bryce Young throws it left side, and it's picked off by the Colts. They're running the other way with it. It's Kenny Moore again. He's at the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Two of them today. A pick six by Kenny Moore. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Colts win on the road 27 13. Hammer's got a special guest on the WIBC hotline. Kevin Bowen covering the Indianapolis Colts for our sister sports station, 107.5 The Fan. He's part of the morning show over there, KB and Andy. And Kevin, I know Jim Ursay did not want to lose to Frank Reich. <laughs> Is that why we saw the video of him dancing post game in the locker room? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, for those that have not seen the video, you won't find anyone as awkward as Shane Steichen holding Jim Irsay's hand for about yeah. the first 10 seconds of said video there. I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> if I'm Shane, I'm probably thinking the longer I hold the hand, as awkward as it might look, that might just be an extra million I get on my second contract <laughs> here. So, yeah, it was quite the scene yesterday in the Colts post-game locker room as they uh, end their three-game uh, losing streak. Would they have won that game without Kenny Moore? I mean, realistically, I mean, the Colts beat the worst team in the NFL, but the two pick sixes from Kenny Moore, um, I mean, that that obviously, do you think the Colts would have pulled it out if that didn't happen? Boy, that's a great question, Nige. I mean, it, it, I think some credit to the Forrest Buckner early on. I, I thought he was a guy that kind of wrecked some Carolina drives early. I thought Matt Gay, you know, we're almost seemingly taking him for granted, making 57-yard field goals outdoors. The Colts will not even thought about attempting those in prior years. But, yeah, I mean, Kenny Moore was a flat-out stud. And it, it's rare. Um, I can't think of too many times, certainly in Colts, you know, recent history, where you point to a defensive player and you ask a question like that, and it's certainly a fair question to ask. Like, it just goes to show you how historically, you know, great of a day that Kenny Moore had yesterday. And, and I would say the, the, the timeliness of the two pick sixes as well. You know, sometimes you get a big lead and it's a rookie quarterback and you get a, you know, interception return for a touchdown late and it's just icing on the cake. You know, both of those plays by him were at, I thought, moments where you were starting to kind of leak a little oil, particularly the one early in the fourth quarter yeah. when it was 20-10 to 10 and, yeah. and Carolina was, was driving to make that a one-score game. Um, so, yeah, just an absolutely outstanding game, historically good game for Kenny Moore. And uh, with almost 30, I think he will be the AFC Defensive Player of the Week this week. All right, so now that we've talked about the good stuff in regards to this game, you know me, I like to bring it back to the other side sometimes, Kevin. That was an awful football game. Aside from Kenny Moore, who was just a rock star out there yesterday, that was a pretty bad football game. You imagine being in a different national market and like you didn't get the Fox game of Dallas, Philadelphia, and you were stuck with Colts and Panthers. (laughs) I mean, literally, yeah, I I can't even imagine. Yeah, that was ugly. I mean, Carolina showed why they are a one-win football team with penalty after penalty after penalty, brutal penalties as well. And, And the Colts early on, I mean, they were showing why they were 
gone that three-game losing streak with some penalties early. They had the muff punt as well. And offensively, Gardner Minshew, you know, it, it's one of those kind of backhanded compliments. You, you get back from the date, and, oh, you know, she was really nice. And basically with, with Gardner, it was, well, at least those drives ended in punts and not turnovers. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where you're at in describing his day. The passing offense could do absolutely nothing. The offense in general uh, couldn't do anything there in the second half and, and really probably the final two and a half quarters of that game. So, um, you know, again, you aren't going to face a 1-1 football team week in and week out. You can look at that glass half, em- glass half empty and glass half full. Half empty would say you play like that, you know, even on Sunday against New England, and you're probably going to lose. Um, or you could look at it and say, you're not going to play that poorly again. Therefore, you know, get the win and don't talk about it, you know, longer than Monday after the game. But doesn't New England stink to high heaven as well, KB? Looks like New England is all in on a tank season to get a quarterback in the draft. Belichick would have another kid to groom to try to get back in the mix because that's who's next. In Germany, it's the Patriots. Yeah, I think they stink less than Carolina stinks. And, and I know we're getting in a lot of like, you know, okay, who is worse? But I, I almost kind of fitting in, in, in the week that we lose Bob Knight, it, you, you go back to that, you know, famous sign that Knight had, you know, victory favors the team who, you know, makes the fewest mistakes. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. And that was pretty much the Colts yesterday. The Colts were less dumb than Carolina. And you know what? Some weeks in the NFL, that matters. Uh, the one thing about New England, and, and I'm not trying to act like a, it is normal New England because, as you pointed out, it's not. They do have the second-best run defense in the NFL. So, you know, that was something you got going a little bit early against Carolina, and that was a struggle for Carolina uh, entering the game. So if they are able to slow down, you know, your strength offensively, I am curious if it turns into a slugfest. Hey, what were your f- fans, what was your audience saying today about the game? I heard, By the way, I heard your guys' interview with Kenny Moore. I was great. It seems like a really good guy. But in terms of, it, like, was there the Colts still have a chance to make the playoffs guy calling in <laughs> to your program today? What's the overall feeling you get from your audience? Yeah, honestly, that guy wasn't even around this morning. <laughs> I, I would say it was more, honestly, kind of the path that hammers going down of, you know, a win, but in no way, shape, or form did you watch the 60 Minutes yesterday and think, oh, yeah, this team can win three in a row, or this team can win four or five, which, you know, to get back into any sort of legit playoff conversation in December and January, at some point you're going to have to do that. I do think a win on Sunday, granted it would be New England, it would start to creep closer to that because that puts you the bye week at five and five. And I just think in general, the bye week is a reset. Again, you are five and five. They popped up the graphic yesterday during the game. You've got the second easiest schedule in the NFL the rest of the way, you're still going to need help. But a reset of the bye, it's almost like, all right, who knows what could happen. Um, So I do feel like Sunday is such a critical one to say, again, 500 of the bye week or you're four and six, and now you're starting to look for mock drafts. All right, so this is a loaded-up question here for you, KB. What's more likely to happen? The Colts make the playoffs or, and I'm looking at the schedule here, the Indiana football Hoosiers went out and make a bowl game. <laughs> Illinois, Michigan State, and Purdue remaining on the schedule for the fighting Tom Allens. What do you got, KB? Yeah, I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it would be the Colts making the playoffs. I mean, hell, you could have, you know, X amount of NFL teams somehow get busted for some illegal, you know, thing. And then, uh, yeah, the Colts are one of seven AFC teams. 
Yeah, Indiana winning four straight Big Ten games. When's the last time that's happened? I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I get what the schedule looks like. And, again, credit to Tom Allen's team. They've certainly played better the last couple of weeks. I know Wisconsin was really banged up, and at times I felt like I was watching Iowa offensively and not even Wisconsin. But, yeah, I can't go there uh, just yet with, with Indiana, let alone winning four in a row in November uh, for an Indiana Hoosiers football team. All right, last thing here before we let you go. Uh, Pacer Spurs tonight. Wimbenyama makes his debut in Indy. Where are we at with this Pacers team? Because, look, I was excited coming into this season. I thought they could be maybe a 5-6 seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But it seems like it's Groundhog Day. They can score a ton of points, but they have nobody to rebound and nobody to defend. Yeah, I think you're a little disappointed. Now, granted, they are 3-3. Three and three. I thought 45 wins. Uh, I would assume, based off what you just said, you would have thought somewhere in that general range. And, I mean, if they continue to go 500, they'd have 41 wins. So it's not like it's been just an absolutely awful star. But we've had Rick Carlisle on the show for the past couple of weeks, and he has really stressed the importance of this start to the season. It's, it's much more of a manageable schedule early on. Seven of your first nine at home. They've got three more home games this week. So Saturday, I think, is really the one that would bug some people in that it was a one-point loss at home to Charlotte. Um, again, struggling to guard, you know, echoing kind of what you just said. It's a really poor play in the final few minutes of that game. You know, if you get that one, you're four and two, and one of those two losses, Halliburton didn't play. So, uh, yeah, to be fair, you know, the questions that you pointed out are there. But as long as I think you kind of take care of business here this week at home starting tonight, uh, you, you can get back on track. Jarris Walker going to see the floor at any point? Because I thought the whole reason behind picking this big, strong kid out of Houston with you know a lottery pick was he was going to be like the enforcer. He was going to bring some rebounds and defensive toughness, and he can't get on the floor. Yeah, I know he was out Saturday due to illness, but I, I do not expect him to be in the rotation, you know, here in the very near future. I mean, unless a lot of injuries occur, I think Rick's pretty set with the kind of the nine or ten that he has, and I think even if he went maybe a, a guy or two to your bench, I don't know if he would be in that group. So, I mean, he's 19 years old. Uh, you know, it's not like you're bailing on him by by any means. But I, I would agree with you, considering where he was drafted. I think it a little, it is a little disappointing that he can't crack the rotation for a team that needs, you know, what you would consider his strengths. But again, having said that, it is still very, very early in his career. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy every morning, 107.5 The Fan. KB is Kevin Bowen. Kevin, thanks, man. Have a great week, guys.